0: Hello, welcome to this week's therapy for me and it's not normal Monday through Friday this week because everything I'm kind of settled on talking about has kind of happened today. So uh, instead of trying to shoehorn it or move it around or make it work in a way that it clearly won't work then I'm just going to get rid of the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Wednesdays. I've done this a few times in the past and just go straight in on stuff now normally when I get rid of the Mondays the Tuesdays the Wednesdays it's because I'm talking about a single thing Um, I'm still going to scatter around uh, nothing particularly unusual on you there but it's just it's a back end of the week thing and it wasn't that the the beginning of my week was dull it's just I can't think back for anything that really happened well put put it this way I went to Birmingham on Wednesday and I can't think of anything to tell you about Birmingham I've not already told you so straight away and that's not knocking Birmingham uh, and I was down in Digbeth, and it's very cool and it's very nice and wonderful, and it was nice and pleasant and it was warm. But I can't think of anything to tell you other than the fact that both trains I went on both ways from Sheffield, if I'm honest, were disgusting. Apart from that, nothing to report. So let's go back to where we were. So, no days, but five things, and we'll start after that twangy guitar. <laughs> I'm now thinking that intro might have sounded a little bit too upbeat and a little bit too manic because I seem to find myself talking really, really quickly. So I'll try and slow down to something because I'm not going at 100 miles an hour and I've not dropped any speed. I'm just, for whatever reason, I, I rushed to that intro. Don't, don't ask me why. Anyway, let's get on to more sober topics because this is, it's a bit of a sober topic. Is it a sober topic? Yeah, it's a bit of a sober topic. So when I was in America... My notepad fell apart. I had a moleskin notepad. I'd had two from sure uh, identical ones. I picked up. I got one, given one at an event, and I went round and and did that thing where you lift one off the table at the end that somebody else hadn't taken. And I thought, well, that's a moleskin. There's twenty quid there. I'm having that. And the my first one, which is which I've still got in front of me, you can hear it there. Um, the elastic went very, very uh, loose because I've used it for years and years and years and years and years, and I'm only halfway through it. I don't make lots of notes. I I'm very considered with my notes, so it's not a thing. And I'm quite my writing's quite small as well, so I don't scroll, You know, I don't get through like a page for a thing. I'm, I I try and be quite neat and considered and concise. So consequently, I've had this notepad. Would you believe? If I go back to the beginning. It's Monday the 18th of June, and I would say that's probably around about ooh, 2015, 2014, 2015, maybe something around about there. So that's how old this one is um, in terms of in terms of age. Okay. So and I and I was about two thirds of the way th- through it before I changed to my new one because the elastic on the, you know that elasticy thing that goes around it to kind of hold it together well that had that had really really gone to the point where it's got no elasticity less it's just like this kind of loose hangy flap thing um so I moved to my new one because I knew I had a new one I thought well you know if I've got sort of five six seven years out of this one then it's going to be 2030 before I need a new uh, a new notepad all good um for whatever reason there was something on the front page of the new one. I don't know who had it. I don't know if one of the kids had it. I can't remember. But I took, I very carefully took the front page out. And what's happened is it's, it made the glue um, sort of perish. And basically, while I was away, the thing just fell apart. Now, everything that was in, everything I could take out of it, so everything that was in the pocket at the back and all those kind of things I've taken with me, so that's fine. And, uh, and I also ripped out, because I'd only used about 10 pages, so I ripped the 10 pages out, so I've got those as well. So I've got everything that was in the notepad. And I thought, do you know what, this is going to be simple, because it's a moleskin. I'll just go and get another one. This, what I like about it, is it's got a pen loop on it. I know this is getting very detailed on notepads, I do apologise. And, and I've been today to look, and it doesn't appear that the moleskins now have pen loops on them. But what I'm now discovering is that you have to buy the pen loop as an extra. So, I think, and this is, as I say, it's getting to be a complicated process. I thought it would be an easy thing to do. It hasn't turned out to be an easy thing to do. I think I now need to order a moleskin, but I also need to order this little thing because I really like having my pen at the side. And the other thing that makes it problematic, because I've been in TK Maxx today, and I could have found any number in TK Maxx that were about five or six quid. Brilliant. I do love a bargain. And they were lovely, but... I like graph paper in my notepad. I don't you know. Ask me why. I don't like lines. I like graph paper. So, to get graph paper, there's only a few brands that do it. And then, of course, you need to buy a brand, and none of them seem to have pen holders. And then you need to buy the pen holder separately. And then, of course, I've got the whole thing then of I've got to stick this thing in. Can I get it in square? Did Moleskine stop? Used to do them with, because the two I had had. Pen holders in, so did they? Was it a thing? Was it a standard thing? I don't know. I don't know. I've sent myself down a moleskin or alternative because other brands are available rabbit hole. If you've got anything to feed in, please feed in on this, okay? And I also appreciate before I start, I know people in the past have sent me notepads. Um, um, I do like a little notepad and what have you, and this and the other, but for my kind of journal. I'm, I, this is the one that I like. I want to have one of those little string things in it so I know where I'm up to. I want a piece of elastic around the side. I want graph paper and I want a pen holder. Okay, got that? So if you can help, any suggestions, if you've seen anything, ping them to me. I would be very welcome of the support because I've got a sneaking suspicion this one is going to run and run. It has been announced today by the world health organization that effectively covid as a global pandemic uh, because it was the highest scale of their incidence of concern uh, as a global pandemic as a global issue has now finished so the fact that i got a message this week saying my brother and his wife have both got covid is is not relevant in the particular in this particular conversation the fact is that covid as a global thing has now has now finished and countries are there to should now be dealing with it as part of the same way you would deal with any other thing like uh, flu or any other kind of illness that 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 is maybe seasonal or is around within that particular you know prevalent in that particular country and it's not now a global a global thing anymore and the only reason why I'm mentioning it, apart from the irony that it comes on a week when my brother's uh, got COVID and he's and, and, and had it, I think it's, it's given him a fair kicking, to be honest, from what I understand, um, is just that there's a large part of my podcasting life that kind of uh, owes a lot to COVID. Um, I mean, there's a whole Corona Diaries thing there in terms of the sheer name of the thing. Um, but there's also the fact that a lot of the, the, the initial podcast work that I did really took hold through the pandemic. So I know TFM had started earlier, but everything else kind of started in the pandemic, even though it was potentially planned earlier because they all were planned earlier. But they kind of all started in terms of release, um, you know, in the pandemic. And the pandemic really shaped um, how I record them. Um, how they sound, how they feel, the format they're in. Um, and to a certain extent, also them taking hold because a lot of content was produced in a time when we were under the kind of rules we were under because of the pandemic. So it it's worth saying it out loud. It's not really hit the headlines, um, you know, as, as far as websites and things are because there's plenty of other things going on at the moment. But I wanted to just recognise it, I think obviously mentally I think a lot of us have, have, have worked past it, though I, I appreciate not everybody and we're all in different places with it but it was just when somebody likes the WHO says something then that's that kind of line in the sand moment um, and that line in the sand moment as far as Covid is concerned was, was today I don't necessarily want to talk about the coronation um, I'm not going to be watching The Coronation. Uh, I don't have an interest in it particularly. I, I, In the same way that I don't watch The Fireworks at New Year, I have a problem with the amount of money we burn for that, and I have a problem with the amount of money that's going on The Coronation. And I get that the monarchy is part of the UK as a global brand, and I get that, but I've still got problems with it, and it just doesn't interest me. It's one of those things that it doesn't move me Um it's never moved me. Those royal events have never moved me particularly, so I won't, I won't be watching it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm um, a Republican, but it doesn't mean that I'm a monarchist either. And I think where I am is probably very healthy uh, in some respects, because where I am is, I don't think it's right, and I think we need a conversation about it, and I think whatever we decide on needs to be more suited to where we are than what we have now. But I don't have a clue what that looks like. And I don't just think it's the monarchy. I think it's the establishment part of government as well. So what I'd really like to see, and I'd really like to see come with um, with the new king... Is a real honest national conversation about what a twenty first century, um, you know, monarchy or uh, you know, state with a monarchy looks like, because it's easy to say, I, I, I think we should get rid of the royal family. That's a really easy thing to say, and I understand for a lot of people that it's not relevant. You don't get it. It's the whole hereditary side of it. The 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 fact that it's it's privilege. It's unelectoral. I get all of it. What frightens me is that Boris Johnson could easily have been a president. And that really frightens me. That the idea of a, of a presidency with the power that could be inherent in that one office and the fact that you can get, if you can get somebody like Boris as prime minister, then you can get somebody like Boris as president, then that really scares me. So I, you know, and we have history and we have all those things. I'm in that place of not knowing. And as I say, I think it's actually quite a good place to be because I, I really want to talk about... Look, House of Lords, perfect example, perfect example of how this all feeds in. Do I like the concept of an unelected second chamber? No, I don't. Do I do I like the fact that peerages can be given out as, as reward? Do I think it continues a, a situation and a system that I think is flawed? Yes, I do. Do I think the House of Lords has done some incredible work in the last decade, particularly questioning things along the lines of Brexit and some of the other populist legislation that's worked its way through? Yes, I think they've done a great job. There's a role there for something. I don't know what it looks like. I think it needs to be modernised, but I still am not quite sure, and I want a conversation about it. I want to understand. I want to be informed so I can have an opinion. I don't feel informed enough about the monarchy, to have a a binary opinion on it, and I don't know if a binary opinion on it is valid. What I do know is that I think we should be shifting, and the things that I don't like about it are going to be very evident and on show in the next few days, and I don't like the fact that, to a certain extent, if you sit in the position that I sit in of not being sure, it somehow makes me less patriotic or less British or less English or whatever it is you want to say and I have a problem with that as well so I'm going to have a nice weekend and I'm going to enjoy an extra day off and that's going to be great and people in the family might watch the coronation I, I, I won't be doing it, it it doesn't it doesn't touch me I've got time for Charles in the way as I sort of talked in the past I've got a lot of time for the for, for the work that the Queen did but I'm still not moved enough to want to sit down and watch it on Monday. Well, not Monday, tomorrow, sorry. But let's start. Let's start next week to think about how we can have the conversation about what it looks like next. You may recall last week I was having problems with my Mac Mini. And I was having problems with the fact that my Bluetooth keyboard was lagging. And I couldn't work out why, and I'd not really managed to... Get anywhere with the kind of the, you know, the internet search, the support boards, the forums, all those kind of things. So I threw it out there. And and I got information back, as you'd expect. And I got a lot of information back from uh, a, a chap called Morton Bay, who's got one of my favorite names ever, as I would have expected, because Morton's all over everything. So you ask a question and Morton will come back uh, with something. And he'll also come back and tell you what you've got wrong. Um but that's fine because in this instance, what I wanted was I wanted a Morton to help me, and and I got a Morton, uh, I got the Morton to help me, which was great. Turns out, after we go round the houses with a few things, and I got somebody say to me too many Bluetooth devices, which was not the case because it was a keyboard and a mouse, and those are pretty much the bare minimum you'd expect to use a, uh, you know, to use a computer in 2023. So once we got past that kind of, I haven't got hundreds of other things plugged in. What we arrived at was that, in a, in effect, in effect, the new versions of Macs, the new M1 Macs, because of what they've done and to allow the thing to boot up quickly and this, that, and the other, they they basically power more pressure on the on the RAM, on the memory of the computer, which stores more and more information and essentially gets clogged. And ultimately, what it comes down to is you need to switch it off and switch it on again. So, having also spent the last few weeks watching the IT crowd, having never watched that before, where every single time they get a call, he start, Chris O'Dowd starts it with, have you switched it on and off again? As it happens, the answer to my issue was, have I switched it on or off again? You know where I'm going to go next. You've all known where I was going to go next. You've been waiting for it. You've been waiting for me to say local election results. I know you have. I know you have. Because it was fairly obvious this is where I was going to end up. And this was always what was written down for Friday had other things not happened that were on Friday. Um, not everything I've talked about was a Friday thing, but three, at least three were. At least three were Friday things. So, you know, I could have done Coronation Monarchy and I could have done on off again, but the other three were definitely Friday things, that's when they've they've landed in my world, so to speak, or where the the, the, the situation's come to a head. Um, local elections, what do we know? Um, we know the Tories have had a bad night, we know that Labour have had a good night, we know the Lib Dems have had a good night, we know the Greens have had a good night. We think we're on course for um, the Tories to lose over a thousand council seats, which is massive. Um, whether it's a statement on the last however many years, whether it's a statement on Liz Truss, whether it's a statement on Sunak, we don't know. It's all mixed in. Sunak's got to take some kind of ownership, but I also accept the fact that there'll be a lot of people really hurting from the damage that Truss managed to do in a really, really small amount of time. I mean, that's quite extraordinary when you think back, back on it, how, how she was able to break so much, almost without breaking sweat. Um, so that that's a little bit unclear. You've got the ridiculous kind of spectacle today of Tories out saying Labour hadn't done well enough, that they would have expected to have been blown completely out of the water, and somehow it's a vindication of the Tories that they've only lost 1,000 seats instead of 1,500, because 1,500 would have been bad, but 1,000's okay, Um, which which doesn't make any sense. Um, The thing that's really interesting is... When you, when you overlay what this result is looking like, it's looking like a 9% swing to Labour. That's what it's looking like. And you know, swings to other places, but a 9% swing um, to Labour. Now, th- you might look and go, well, that's not in line with the polls. Uh, which it isn't. The polls are about 14%, 15% voting intention for a general election. What muddies the water, and it's muddied the water in my particular ward... Is the number of independent um, people who run for council who don't run at general elections? Very rarely does an independent get elected at a general election, um, but far more likely is that you will get an independent councillor. So, if you take the you know the area that the voting district that I'm in, the Conservative has held the seat, and I don't expect that our Conservative MP will hold this seat when it comes to a general election but the only reason why that Conservative has held the seat is because an Independent and the Labour candidate effectively split the vote down the middle. So the, the the Conservative won by a couple of hundred, but if you transferred a couple of hundred from either Labour to Independent or the other way round, it would have been a loss to the Conservative, and that's what will happen essentially in a general. So seats like mine, which is a key target for Labour in the general election haven't been regained as far as the local election is concerned, but would be more than likely in the general. And that's where you'll get that extra 50% or 60%, 65%, whatever, to take you from 9 to 15. And that's why it's very, very interesting. So I expect Labour will be fairly muted, because at the end of the day, you could argue that this is just a statement on the Tories and not... Sorry, this is not people saying they really like Labour. This is people saying they're, they're, they're fed up with the Tories. That's another Tory line that's come out today. And I get that. I get that. That's not a problem. The problem with that using that line is that there's no reason that'll be any different in a year's time, 18 months' time. And secondly, the age-old line has always been that opposition parties don't win elections, parties in power lose them. And that's always been kind of a rule of thumb. Now you could argue that say with blair in 97 it didn't work like that because that was a thumping endorsement for blair and i get that that was one of those moments where the tories were tired labor were ready labor had the man they had the charisma they had everything they need it was it felt like a moment of change and that's what 97 was interestingly though you could have a situation here in you know in the, in the next time round in the next general next year where actually the Tory party does lose the election, without with Labour not necessarily winning it, but getting into power by the very nature of the fact that they're not the Tories. So that that's probably what last night pointed to. Probably it's probably a bit of a say, but that it's it's feeling like that. It's feeling like a Labour victory with people not being necessarily convinced. Now, what of course might change all this or might make this interesting is that Labour might get in next time without the full endorsement, but if they do a reasonable job, may well then see a similar majority or even a, a build on that majority for a second term if they don't do the things that people fear they might do. So it could be that actually, unlike Blair, which was a high point and then fell away... Not massively, but but whereas it might be that it might be, you know, a majority that gets Labour in, and it might be if everything goes right. And of course, it's a big theme because it's five years. You don't know what's going to happen. It could be a building at that time. No idea. No idea. Not sure at the moment. But I think if you're Labour or Lib Dem, you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be sitting. You'll just be saying in terms of where we are, having not laid any policies out yet, having not really said what our vision is going to be. Not a bad place to be. And if you're the Tories, you're going to be thinking, is this, is this the bit where everybody says they don't like, like us, but they might change their mind next time round? I would probably think, no, I think this is possibly not the tip of the iceberg, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Anyway, that's me done. That's my five things for this week. I hope you're well. I hope you've had an, I hope you had a nice weekend. I'm hoping you're looking forward to a really nice weekend. Uh, whatever you end up doing, whatever you end up watching, whatever you end up engaging engaging with, I hope you have a, a really, really, really nice time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna disappear. Um, I've got risotto to make. Uh, I do like risotto, uh, so I'm gonna go and crack on with that. And I will speak to you next time. <laughs>